Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Ismail shrieked as he collapsed into a small stream. He gritted his teeth as pain surged through his foot. Where are you? His wife called as she groped through the pitch blackness of the jungle night. I'm in the stream. Something bit me, Ismail grimaced. Welcome to another exciting episode of Frontier Missions Journal. I'm James R. Kaczynski with Adventist Frontier Missions. Our story today is narrated by Hope Kiwi, missionary to the Great River people in Southeast Asia. People groups such as this one have no chance of hearing the gospel over the radio, on the TV, from a local congregation, from a friend, or even from a Bible in a hotel. There just simply is no Christian presence there. In order for these people to hear, someone must go and tell them about the good news of Jesus. Listen as Hope tells how she and her husband, Philip, answered the call of Overseas Mission Service to this unreached people group. My name is Hope Kiwi. My family and I have been missionaries ministering to the Great River people of Southeast Asia. When I was growing up, as far back as I can remember, my family has enjoyed reading missionary storybooks on Friday evenings. My imagination could picture all of it, as if I were there. One of the things I always looked forward to was the Adventist Frontiers magazine coming each month. I would read it and dream. I tried to convince my parents that we should become frontier missionaries, but that wasn't their calling. So I made it mine. That is only ever what I wanted to be, a missionary. Through academy and college, I held on to that dream. Then I met Philip. He was a theology student and was going to be a pastor. That wasn't exactly what I had in mind, but love won over. I reasoned that I could be a missionary while being a pastor's wife. When Philip was going through seminary at Andrews, we talked about the possibility of going as missionaries with AFM, but it was only passing. But a year or so after seminary, the bug bit again. Perhaps that is why Philip invited John Baxter from AFM to come and do a mission emphasis weekend at our church. That weekend, our hearts were both gripped, never to be released again. Not that we didn't try to wrench free, but we were moved deeply by the number of unreached people groups, whole segments of society who had never even heard of Jesus. We knew that if we left our church, there would be more pastors in line waiting to take up the role. But there weren't very many people standing in line waiting for an opportunity to get into missions. Comparatively few seemed to feel the call. Philip and I had no rest of soul until we took steps to apply to go as frontier missionaries. And the rest is history. For five years, Hope and her husband Philip served this indigenous people group. Following another five years of pastoral work in their home country, they again felt the call to minister to the same people group. So AFM recently relaunched the Kiwis to the Great River people. 
Well, we left you with a cliffhanger in our introduction, so let's get right back to Hope Kiwi's account of the story she calls Ismail and the Snake. Maria, help me! Ismail shrieked as he collapsed into a small stream. He gritted his teeth as pain surged through his foot. Where are you? His wife called as she groped through the pitch blackness of the jungle night. I'm in the stream! Something bit me, Ismail grimaced. What were you doing walking around in the darkness, Maria scolded. I was thirsty. Listen, go hitch up the oxen in the cart and then help me get in. We have to get back to the hospital. Ismail and Maria had been working in their bush garden. They would often stay there for days or weeks at a time, sleeping in a crude shelter they had erected. Now, as they drove their ox cart through the dark jungle to their home in the big village by the river, Maria lit a candle and held it close to Ismail's foot. In the yellow flicker, they could see two fang punctures at the base of his toe, where a snake had bitten him. The pain intensified as Ismail's foot began to swell. The hemotoxin in the venom was dissolving his flesh. At the hospital in the provincial capital, the doctor shook his head and informed Ismail that his foot would need to be amputated at the ankle. Terrified at the thought, Ismail left, refusing any medical treatment. He tried other doctors and even the witch doctor, but no one could offer him any help. At last, he returned home, hoping that somehow his foot would heal. A few months later, a friend told Philip about Ismail. Ismail has asked doctors to help him, but they can't. Could you please try to help him? He has no one else. Philip climbed the ladder-like steps and sat down on the split bamboo floor to inspect Ismail's wound. He wasn't prepared for what he saw. A two-inch hole gaped in the top of Ismail's foot. The tendon that used to connect his big toe was entirely gone, and the bone was exposed and suspended like a bridge. It was an infected, oozing mess. Swallowing hard and trying to act confident, Philip proceeded to clean the wound, pack it with gauze, and cover it. He also gave Ismail antibiotics. May I pray with you? Philip asked as he prepared to leave. Gladly, Ismail accepted the offer. After this, Philip often went to Ismail's house to clean and repack the wound. To our utter amazement, the flesh began to grow back toward the bone. 
One day, Philip noticed that part of the bone had begun to split off the top surface. He didn't know what to do, so he made arrangements to have Ismail go to a Christian clinic in the capital city. While Ismail was at this clinic, someone gave him a little book, a Baptist catechism about Jesus and the Bible. Later, he showed the book to Philip and told him that he was enjoying it very much. He loved learning about Jesus. We could see that Ismail's interest had been piqued, but we doubted the catechism would satisfy the hunger in his soul. So Philip gave him the only thing we had at the time, a New Testament in the trade language. Ismail was happy and grateful to receive it. As time went on, Ismail's foot healed almost completely. The flesh filled in and the skin grew back over the bone, leaving only two small holes. Ismail was eager to get back to his farming and didn't keep his foot clean. So it became infected again. We knew that the only way his foot could heal completely was if he stayed off of it and kept it clean. So Philip arranged to have him stay a week in a hospital in a nearby town. At the end of the week, Philip went to pick Ismail up and bring him home. Ismail's face was glowing with joy. Jesus came to examine my foot last night, he said with a huge grin. He did what? Philip asked, not sure he had heard right. Jesus came to me, Ismail repeated. What did he look like? asked Philip. His face was beautiful and he was all dressed in white. What did he say to you? He said my foot would get better and I need to study the book you gave me, Ismail beamed. The only problem was that Ismail couldn't read very well. His daughter would sometimes read to him, but not consistently. So Philip had the New Testament recorded onto a little MP3 player for him to listen to. Whenever we saw Ismail and asked him if he had been listening, his eyes would light up. He assured us that he had been listening, and it was good, very, very good. When this story took place, Philip and I were still learning the heart language of the people. We still fumbled for words and said silly things at times. Sometimes we wondered what difference we could ever make. But there is someone who can make a difference. He speaks the Great River People language fluently. He isn't limited by our meager talents and feeble efforts. It is so good to be on his team.
If you'd like to find out more about the Great River people or how you could support our project, look us up at afmonline.org. Select the missionary icon, then find Philip and Hope Kiwi. Hope you enjoy. Then let it break with yours upon the cross. Let me feel your dreadful loss. Let me feel the love in your heart. Lord, if you need them, take my eyes. Let them love and not despise. Let them cry the tears that stained your face, shed for those who fell from grace. Let me feel the love in your eyes. Have you been bitten by the mission service bug yet? Ah, it's not too late. Just as Hope was inspired by the mission stories in Adventist Frontiers magazine, you too can have the same experience, and it won't cost you a dime. Simply navigate your browser to AFM's homepage, afmonline.org, scroll down to the AFM magazine and select the Get It Free link near the bottom of the screen. This award-winning magazine is full of cutting-edge frontline stories, brought to you straight from the mission field. Once again, to subscribe to Adventist Frontiers magazine, Visit afmonline.org, scroll down to the magazine link, and select Get It Free. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.